welcome to Juvenilia, where we go back in time and look at all of the weird, funny, interesting, creative projects that we did when we were kids, uh, teenagers, and whatever, when we were younger. You know, books, comics, maybe some, uh, maybe some other creative things like video games. I don't know. Sam is joining me. How are you, Sam? Hello. I'm, uh, I'm doing great. I'm having a wonderful Sunday. It's, uh, oh, giving away a little detail there. I'm having a wonderful day. <laughs> a wonderful Lord's Day. There we are. Oh, yeah, um, that's much better. <laughs> uh, Corburn. Yeah, that's me. Uh, yeah, I'm great. Yeah, just, you know, it's fine. Uh, do you want to tell us what we're talking about today? Oh, I'd love to. Um, so, much as, uh, <laughs> Much as all, all great art inspires um, cheap imitations, we we come to the first of uh, <laughs> we come to the first of such echoes in our uh, little journey down our, the lane of our creative past. Um, today we're going to be talking about River Business, a comic series of excellent quality that is unfortunately mostly lost to the ages, created by Corbin Blank Blank Wilkin. What me? Yeah. That's oh you. yeah, that's me. Hey, listen here, you. Right? You gotta leave the uh, leave the self deprecation to me because I was gonna. <laughs> it's just deprecation. You're just deprecating. That's not. Yeah. That ain't right. Listen, I was gonna. Uh, ex- I was gonna fully account for the fact that River Business is a ripoff of the Usual Scum. <laughs> Trust me, I got a whole explanation for that and why it's perfectly all right. Well, there we go. Uh, everything will be put put to rights in today's episode. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was taking a sip of water and you made me spit it out. <laughs> really, the indignities um, just don't stop. River Business is a uh, it's a six panel comic created by Corbin Milken in his uh, mid teens, um, which follows a sort of a, it's it's almost a sort of a. It takes a wry look at what it means to be a sitcom in this day and age. Raises a quizzical eyebrow and asks, "Is that really funny?" <laughs> Can I just point out? Here? Hang on. You said it's a six-panel comic. That makes it sound like I just did six panels and that was the entire thing. Each page was six panels. Yeah, so that is what I mean by a six-panel comic. Each uh, it's a six-panel. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I didn't make that. As it stands, though, I believe that there's only twelve panels in existence. Look, even we'd have trouble making a a podcast about a six-panel comic. Although I'm sure we could try. I'm looking forward to when we we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. It will get to <laughs> that point. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So river business. Yeah. I was fourteen, cool, tell, maybe. Yeah, tell us, tell us a little bit about the genesis of River Business. Tell us about the source, if you will. Well, the source, as I've said, was your comic, The Usual Scum, discussed previously on the podcast. Episode number three. Check it out. <laughs> well done. Yes. Um, basically, I saw that you'd done a comic, and I thought, yeah, I'll have a bit of that. I, th- I thought the- I saw the success that you were having, and I thought, right, I can't. I've got to have a piece of this pie, and uh, basically just jumped on the bandwagon and made a poultry imitation. I, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a shocking admission. 
my uh, my ribald jests have uh, landed 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 a target I didn't even know they were shooting for. There we go. I thought that you were. I thought that we were a creative band of brothers, me, you, and probably some third individual. I didn't realize that you were just trying to steal a, a bit of the pie. Well, that would be uh, that would be ungenerous to put it like that. I, I I felt like you were fully involved, and as I remember, you always put my name onto the uh, onto the pages of the usual scum. Like you, you put you you always wrote that it was by Sam and Corbin. I, d- I did. Well, yeah, even though I really didn't have any contribution past the initial character designs and maybe throwing in an, like a, a suggestion for an episode here and here and there, but I think I yeah. had the same spirit with River Business, where I was like, "Yeah, you know, this is me and Sam doing something together. I'm just doing all the work and coming up with all the ideas, <laughs> <laughs> executing, executing the uh, tasks." Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I do, I do remember. Um, I, I wasn't sure if that was meant to be a sort of a send up of of uh, me putting putting your name on like so many comics. No, um, I wasn't that clever. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was meant to read it in Shudder because Shudder I did. It's like, oh, he's really got me this time. I've never done anything in my entire life. <sighs> yeah, I was gonna say something, but I forgot what it was now, and uh, now I can't move on from that shit. You know when that happens. <laughs> I do know when that happens. Yeah, let's um, let's let's come at this from a different angle. What was uh, like? Obviously, you said that it was like um, set up to be, you know, like a I'll have my slice of this pie. Um, but what what was the actual premise of River Business? I mean, that name, that name gives a a lot of uh, a lot of questions. I mean, I'm sure anyone listening to this would just be like, I don't. Uh, what are they saying? R- River Business. That River make sense. Business. The business of rivers you know like mm. water that flows out to sea it's a river mm. well this is the business of rivers all right uh-huh um, what kind of business is that okay so it's a business they work in an office the rivers but why <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially well, what do you mean? i'll tell is you it, what i it, mean is it oh, okay, okay it's it's an office sitcom supposedly but where all of the employees Instead of being human beings, right? Mm. They're rivers. Mm. Okay, so mm. yeah. they're walking around doing stuff. They've got faces and feelings and personalities. Things are, yeah, energy is flowing. They're rivers. They're just walking around and they're rivers. Okay, look, I thought at the time that this would be a radically exciting and funny idea for a comic. Like, okay. You know, you've seen comic where the characters are animals. What if they're not animals? What if they're rivers? You really took it to the uh, the nth degree. Sure, whatever that means. <laughs> and I um, think the title and the whole reason for coming up with this nonsense, it, I th- honestly, I think it came from some kind of geography textbook or something. I I had wondered. Um, I was thinking about this in the in the week in sort of mental preparation. And I was like, I swear that it, that must have come from somewhere. Yeah, it's. I think it was used as the heading for a a page on a textbook or a worksheet or some kind of some kind of mm. crap. And um, <clears throat> it said river business. And I, I think I remember commenting, perhaps to you, perhaps to someone else, or perhaps just in my <laughs> own fevered mind, commenting, "Wow." Huh. Wouldn't it be funny if I was like a business, but you know, it was just like rivers. 
It would be pretty funny. Well, it turns out uh, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I... I'm I'm going to I'm going to wade in and offer my my early genuine thoughts on this, um, and it's it's that I, I I sort of whenever I mention River Business, I often mention the fact that it's all gone because that's one of the things that you created that um, was in your own personal beer hall putsch. <laughs> that I I truly I truly miss to this day because I remember it being exceedingly funny to the point of me thinking I don't need to make the usual scum anymore. This is uh you know this is this is this is amazing stuff. I've got a comic virtuoso. And he's living right next door. The I Munich beer hall putsch, Sam. Really, that's the uh, the timeliest reference this comic really deserves. Yeah, I uh, got rid of it quite soon after creating it, which is um. I don't know, maybe I was just ashamed of the whole thing, but um, I don't know why, <laughs> because it's probably one of the least shameful things that I did as a teenager, creative or otherwise. It was basically just a bit of fun, you know, it was just a, six panels on a page, stupid jokes, we're out. You know, there was no attempt to, to be serious about it or have any kind of message or whatever. I definitely should have been a lot more embarrassed about, say, the Lith siblings discussed in an earlier episode. But Mm -hmm. um, I held on to that for many years. Although it might be because that was uh, in the form of digital files, whereas this, I drew them all onto A4 paper, kept them in a big old folder under my bed, and I don't think I ever scanned them in. I don't think that you did. Um, I mean, if you had, that would be quite the... That would be the, the Dead Sea Scrolls of our time. Um, no, I definitely don't d- have them. Damn. But I can remember quite a few episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Not as many as I'd like. <laughs> it's really uh, heartening to hear that you can hold on to some of the ideas that you had for episodes and like what happened in some of them, because I... I mean, if as you talk about them, I'm sure I'll remember some, but a lot of that is sort of lost, or I... All I remember is enjoying it and laughing at it a lot and feeling, feeling that it was just like very funny and very silly and like often just completely off the wall. But um, perhaps we can get to that in lieu of a, a mid, mid-episode mid reading. Perhaps we can like discuss, we can dig into the meat of some episodes around then. But what I'd really like to um, touch on is uh, the characters of this particular sitcom because I remember that being a stroke of genius. How so? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, river business. I, I mean, I, I don't. Wanna, I don't want to be telling your story, but um, river business had a cast of uh, characters. There was easily six or seven, as far as I can r- recall. Um, and each of them, well, not each of them, but a lot of them, though conspicuously not all of them, were named and in some cases designed after different. Uh, bodies of water found within the river system. Well, that's, I think, giving it a bit too much credit. (laughs) Do you think? Well, I'm glad that you remember this fondly, but I don't think it was anywhere near as good or as clever as you might be remembering it. There was a... I mean, the way you put it would have actually... It probably would have worked quite well if um, they'd all been sort of like different... Well, like you say, if they'd been different sorts of rivers, or like one had been a waterfall, or one had been a 
I don't know. But really, it was just me drawing characters like your characters in The Usual Scum, except instead of having a sort of wobbly Pac-Man ghost at the bottom, they just sort of had a kind of lines to indicate flowing water, and they just sort of ended in a sort of water flow. I don't mm. think it was really much cleverer than that. <laughs> I mean, I, am, I, am I imagining things with one of the main characters not called Oxbow? Yeah, well, there was Oxbow, yeah, who ended up becoming the funniest character. He was an Oxbow Lake, and the joke was he was kind of a loser because he was the only one who wasn't a river. He was like, because, you know, obviously an Oxbow Lake yeah. is when a river cuts off uh, part of it, like part where it's meandering, and that's yeah. no longer part of the river. And he was supposed to be one of those, so it's like, you know, he's kind of, he's he's a loser. He's not really a river. He's lost something. I don't know. I wonder how much of that was uh, informed by the sweeping wave of redundancies that was going on at the time in the UK. Was sort of a common? Are you just making that up? Was there a sweeping wave of redundancies? Well, it was a thing that I always heard about uh, in in my household. My my dad would always come home and talk grimly about uh, so and so being made redundant. God. Always waiting for the axe man's uh, axe man's axe to to fall. <laughs> Probably um, never just, did, fortunately. But just your dad being uh, pessimistic. I mean, it was two thousand and four, Sam. It was before the financial crash. It was a golden era, if anything. Well, perhaps my my dad's line of work was the um, was the canary in the coal mine that we should have paid a little more attention to. Damn. Yeah. We well, wouldn't be in this mess. <laughs> it was indeed all about the world of work, river business, but mm. not really because. Uh, the uh, most of it wasn't actually about um, the office environment at all. I think like the first episode was kind of office humor, but then it just completely <laughs> went away from that and became um, nothing to do with offices at all. Because I had, I was fourteen. I had no idea what it was like to work in an office and had nothing to offer in terms of comedy based in an office. Had uh, <laughs> had the hit TV show The Office brackets UK. Uh, graced our screens at that point in time. Actually, and had, and, yeah. And had you had you had you watched it? More was the point. I hadn't watched it. I didn't watch The Office until like 2015. Had a boy. After on, many many years of putting it off. Yeah. Hold on. Let me have a look here. Let's see. The Office. Oh no! It takes you straight to the American one. Damn you, Wikipedia. Okay, here we go. A British UK original series of The Office started in 2001. So I had heard about The Office through the grapevine and just gotten this idea that, oh, office comedy. Yeah, that's something you could do. And I think our friend George was really into yes. it and talked about it a lot. And he was also quite into the comic strip Dilbert, which is also... He was, humor. wasn't he? He was, a, he was a middle-aged man in waiting. <laughs> yes. He was born to... Um, Born to, to end up in an office born, wearing a born tie. To carry, yeah, I was going to say, born to carry a suit and tie. Yeah. Sounds like a Kinks lyrics, but a Kinks lyric, but I uh, don't think it is. But uh, yeah, regarding the character designs, I'm. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll send you uh, the potential episode icon that I drew. Because, um, mm. yeah, it's, it's either. It's a toss-up between either including this as the episode icon or 
doing uh, in, using the, uh, a parody drawing that you did later on as the episode <laughs> icon. So let me send you what I've drawn just now, and it, it'll show you the uh, the major characters, and you can uh, have a look at them. Because uh, the when it started, the cleverest character design was the one that I came up with straight away, which was a character who I remember being called Floyd. And he was your sort of Dilbert, or uh, I guess he would be like Dwight from the American office, very similar, kind of like Jobsworth, you know, bit of a nerd, yeah. kind of always chained to his desk. And um, what was good about his character design was that he had these... Uh, he had uh, these kind of spirals that made up his hair that almost made it look like kind of like the foam at the bottom of a waterfall or something. So basically, I wasted my uh, best character design on him, and I thought he would be the main character. Like, oh, he's um, you know he's an office guy. Oh, I'm going to get a lot of humor out of that. He was basically Dilbert. Yeah. <laughs> but he trailed off after like a few episodes. But the main character was a guy called Max, and his character design wasn't as good. He, he was just had this sort of kind of splash of hair, which was meant to look more like I don't know, yeah, water just like splashing. But I thought it was meant to just sort of be like a um, sort of a gelled up hairstyle that was common at the time. Like, and he just like found the. I didn't realize it was a splash. That makes much more sense. Well, it was meant to be, but it it doesn't really. It's not really that effective, and. Um, yeah, he was definitely comparable to uh, Jim from the American Office, and for some reason he became the main character rather than the sort of Jobsworth Floyd. Well, it's hard to uh, it's hard to like a Jobsworth. Well, yeah, but like looking back, it's like Max is not really a likable character. He was uh... no, I remember I remember Max. I remember thinking that he was always meant to be the main character. Um... From reading it, and I remember thinking, this guy's kind of a douchebag. Yeah, but it was a bit like Sam in The Usual Scum. <laughs> Closely based on yourself, I'm sure. <laughs> but no, you always like played up like, oh, Sam acting like a douchebag and treating people badly, and only occasionally getting his comeuppance. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun, to, fun to let someone uh, roam free in that particular kind of uh, playground, I suppose. But there were more characters. I didn't know there were. Well, there was a few, but not that many. There was, yeah, because Oxbow was the janitor, and he was basically like a kidney bean shape. He doesn't actually look like an Oxbow Lake, because an actual Oxbow Lake is, like, really long and thin. And if yeah. I'd drawn him like that, I don't know, it probably would have been better and funnier, but for some reason I just drew him as this sort of bent bean. And he was always. Yeah, he was like be... a. It's like one of the chicken nugget shapes. That's pretty accurate there. Yeah, he was pretty much a chicken nugget. <laughs> it would have been a lot funnier if I'd called him Chicken Nugget and just not explained it. <laughs> just it's a step two removed. <laughs> was he was he meant to be the janitor or did, was he just doing janitorial tasks to indicate his low status as an office worker? <laughs> that might actually be I always remember him funnier. having a broom. <laughs> Yeah, he was always holding a broom, which was slightly difficult to draw every time he turned up. And he always looked sad. He always had a sad expression on his face, like he was just sort of depressed. But uh, yeah, he was pretty soon after I mostly stopped drawing Floyd into the strip. 
it was Oxbow who ended up becoming the target of all of Max's pranks and jibes. Um, but he was sort of too sad to really care. Like, he never really would get mad or upset or anything. <laughs> it was just like, oh, well, another day in my life. <laughs> Oh, man, I um, no, yeah, I, I absolutely, I remember her being the the epitome of a sad sack. He also sort of looked like a sad sack, going back to that character design. But, um, no, I, I he he had the best, like, or he was he was adjacent to the best humor. Like whenever he was on the page, laughs a minute. <laughs> yeah, it very quickly became after I started drawing him, it, it, he became basically the whole source of humor for the show. I called it a show. It's actually a comic strip. <laughs> yeah, uh, something we talked about in the, the usual scum, this sort of concept of things being uh, television shows, even though they absolutely were not. It's yeah. Interesting. Well, like... um, but then doing a send-up of a sitcom, of course you're going to refer to it as a, as a show. I suppose so, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I did like the usual scum. I saw... I, I, I thought I had to do it in seasons. You know, I thought I saw what you were doing, and I thought, "Wow, that's so cool!" Doing the, the, a series of a comic strip, and then you come up with a title page and 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 everything, and it makes it feel like an achievement. Like, oh yeah, I'm I'm on season two now, and that kind of kept me motivated. Yeah, getting to draw a line under a chunk like that is uh, is very satisfying. It's, it's sort of like making a little to do list for yourself. Yeah, yeah. But so he then you're, then you're just gonna come up with the content and that's easy. <laughs> well exactly, yeah. And um I did start to find it a bit of a drag after a while, but I was kind of motivated by the idea that like ah, oh, gotta finish the season. Mm. Of uh, twenty one episodes I think I did in each season. I believe so, yes. I think you ended up with forty two after two seasons. Well I started the third season, but I don't think did I you? got yeah, I, I did. I don't think I got that far into it. I think I was motivated to finish the second one. And then when I got into the third one, it was like, oh, God, I don't know if I've, I can do a whole other season. I've reset the clock. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it felt like starting from scratch or something. Go on, tell me a little bit about what it was like actually making these episodes. Like, what Do you have any like prevailing... Um prevailing memories of it or uh, like what's what's going on there well it was another uh, sit on my bed and amuse myself kind of project I suppose <laughs> <laughs> I mean that sounded wrong didn't it <laughs> what do people normally sit on their bed and amuse themselves with uh, so yeah it was just ballpoint pen A4 paper you know trying desperately to be funny and probably most of the time thinking oh, it's not as funny as Sam's comics but basically being motivated by the thoughts of uh, web comics such as again White Ninja and thinking you know oh yeah maybe I could do something with these you know I just need to draw enough of them and then I can start putting them online and people will become fans I mean I, I, we, we talked about this before but the idea of like putting this stuff online like Maybe, maybe they would have. Maybe they would have like accrued a following. We were probably the the only point in our creative lives where we could have just like put something of that kind of caliber online, and like it might have taken off just by pure luck. 
I feel like now, if you were to just put that stuff online and not like spend your life absolutely uh, advertising the living Jesus out of it, um, then you would it would just never go anywhere. But I feel like back then, if you got a web domain, maybe just sort of a lucky like a lucky link from another creator, you might have ended up with a following. Well, that's true. There was a lot less competition, but also I can't imagine how in the Web 1.0 days, just having a website with just pages of comics on it, I can't imagine how you would promote that or uh, get people to to read it short of, well, aside from just passing around the web address to people that you knew, you know, true. I don't think, it, I don't know how you'd get much further than that. I assume that a lot of creators at that time they would kind of use uh, like web rings. They would team up with other creators and they would all have links to each other's comics on their website. So if you found one, you'd find everyone else's and they would just try and build up a big kind of ring of people who were all taking part in that and um, true, posting the links true. in forums and so on. Yeah, so I suppose it would it would have had its own form of hustle. That's me, uh, that's me downplaying the efforts of the past. I apologize. Well, I th- yeah, in a way it would have been harder, but yeah, there, there was so much less content on the internet that back then. I mean, so much less that a pretty mediocre webcomic could be seen as a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's a big part of the reason why webcomics aren't such a big deal anymore, because um, they're just not as immediate and entertaining and easy as a, a video. YouTube video. Yeah. No, that's. Uh, I think that's absolutely the case. Unfortunately, it was literally the technological limitations of the the two thousands that meant that yeah, comics were viable, whereas videos kind of weren't. I uh, I do want to just circle back to character design because uh, we talked about um, we talked about Floyd, we talked about Max, we talked about Oxbow. There are two other characters here. One of them I do remember. I would take a guess that her name is Stacy. The yes. obligatory, obligatory female river. Well remembered. Uh, um, <laughs> but then there's a, there's another old man who is, uh, I think, possibly my uh, one of my first interactions with one of my favorite things that you draw, which is the sort of uh, below mouth jowl lines that you give to some characters. Oh. Which for some reason, any time I see that on on a character, it always makes me laugh quite a lot. Yeah. Well, there was a character unfortunately named fat ass who was his whole <laughs> joke was he was just like the older fat guy in the office again if we're referring to um, the american office the office the sitcom you know it yep. <laughs> he would have been kevin you know yes i believe so like a bit of a klutz and kind of um you know doesn't really uh a slow meal i guess so yeah but uh, he didn't appear in that many episodes, I think. I, again, I think that everyone was sort of just a foil for, for Max to be a douchebag. But then, yeah, the one, basically the one female character, Stacy, that was kind of the opposite. I introduced her a bit later on, and her whole dynamic was that Max would try and kind of get with her and chat her up and stuff, and she would always be kind of too smart for him or just, like, find a way to kind of... Um, turn it around and end up making him look like the fool oh really that was the whole yeah that was the whole dynamic with uh that she, she was the only one who could get one over on max yeah that's uh that's 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 good work that's uh i was worried that she was just the 
the butt of some very easy, obvious, um, groping in the dark sort of jokes. Yeah, I, uh, I no, I don't think so. I'm not sure where I got that. I don't, I don't know where her character kind of came from because presumably I must have stole that idea from something, but I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure where. I mean, for, uh, this is this is a personal tidbit, but for me, my the very first person that I ever had a crush on was called Stacy. So I was always like, oh yeah, she's she's clearly the love interest. Mm. I didn't I didn't sort of think to untangle that. Well, she was the of, love interest, but yeah, she was a little too savvy. You know, the only thing I can think of actually was this is really dumb, but there was some. Um, I read the Beano for quite a few years. I think I'd stopped reading it by this point. But maybe between the ages of like eight and twelve, I, I read the Beano religiously. And um, oh. as you know, I, I know I know that about you, but I do. I always forget. It doesn't seem to gel. A bit of a bit of a misstep, right? <laughs> well, yeah. This must be back before you grew your hair out. Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, for the most part, the Beano even then was. Um, yeah, it was kind of really old school comedy. You know, it was like really like corny stuff. Like it really hadn't updated since like the 1950s. But there were a few strips in it that were kind of newer strips and um, genuinely funny. One of them was Calamity James, which to this day I think is a funny comic strip. It was drawn <laughs> in quite a different style from the rest. And it was just like pure kind of like insane, surreal humor. But there was another one that I don't think ran for very long that was called Crazy for Daisy. And the whole concept of this strip, they were usually very short ones, but the concept was there was this kind of hapless guy called Ernest, and he was totally in love and obsessed with this woman called Daisy. And he would just like constantly chase her like Pepe Le Pew, but she would mm. like constantly find new ways to reject him and make him look like an idiot. <laughs> the kind of strip idea that might be enjoyed by adults more. I always feel like um, things like the Beano kind of have a... Uh, they have a sort of a role in basically introducing kids to the concept of, you know, like, what's funny. It's sort of a... It's like a beginner's guide to, like, here are some... Here are some funny concept. Here's some, like, situations that are easily exploited for a laugh. And I think um, having, like, resources like that to, like show kids like you know how how comedy works is kind of important in its own way like i feel like a lot of kids will be their first introduction to comedy particularly these days is just going to be like through um you know they're going to see clips of things that perhaps are not appropriate for them at even younger ages than um than you and i saw them which already was probably too young and I do I do appreciate like works like the Vino like for being being that being that like a you know and anything that's sort of good for like teaching kids like I won't call it call it media literacy because it's not but in a way it is mm. you know like setting up those concepts I've sort of gone off on a tangent here but um, no that's very interesting actually I I guess I never thought about it um, but it's it's true like you do in a way need to kind of teach children. Uh, sort of the, the kind of baseline of like okay here's here's a simple comic scenario yeah <laughs> before you kind of break that but i don't yeah. know yeah i look back and you know i think my god you know the beano it was like so outdated even at the time 
and you think in the late 90s when we had cartoons on TV like Cow and Chicken and Spongebob Squarepants <laughs> had just started and um, yeah. you know really like wacky stuff that's just like totally off the wall like, um, and most of the Beano yeah it was it was sort of stuck in the comedic styles of like the the 1950s it was it, it, it would have been right at home alongside Ken Dodd <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> that kind of uh old school boomer humor not even boomer humor probably like war generation humor <laughs> yes but that's uh, why I liked uh, yeah one or two of the strips they were a bit more kind of like up to date a bit more uh cartoon network you know now, with uh, with uh, like you said that the that you didn't you weren't taking inspiration directly from um, you know sort of obvious par- obvious shows that would like uh, have a crossover such as um, The Office, but was there anything that uh, that was going on for you like creatively or in, in media that maybe like bled into um, making this like anything where it sort of showed up on the on the page, so to speak? Well. In terms of uh, media, I mean, it was basically a a big time for me for watching films, and uh, it bled into this comic in the sense that I did a lot of film parodies in it. Mm. Like I said, I I pretty quickly fell away from the actual office-based comedy that it was meant to be (laughs) that lasted for like two episodes and then pretty much after that it became a sort of free-for-all in the same way that the usual scum uh, theoretically it's kind of i mean the i think the best parts of the usual scum were uh when it was sort of based around stuff happening at school you know yeah yeah. but at the same time it was a total free-for-all like anything can happen you know any weirdness any kind of parodies and Funnily enough, most of the episodes that I remember from River Business are parodies of films. I was a real film fanatic at the time and watching lots of films. And I guess I just, it was an easy way to do an episode that to me felt quite funny because it's like, oh, look, it's like that film. (laughs) (laughs) And again, I mean, sort of circling circling back to um, what we were saying about like. it's got to be a better term for it than media literacy, but uh, just like comedy literacy, I suppose you'd say. Like um, the idea of like parodying something. When I was a kid, I always thought that those that was the funniest thing in the world. But like as I got older, like seeing seeing things like seeing shows that have like good um, like comedy and creative um, like bones to them, turn around and do uh, parodies. Is always just hugely disappointing. Um, I remember I watched the TV show uh, Bob's Burgers quite a lot, and I remember you know seven or eight seasons in, they did a um, sort of a Treehouse of Horror kind of deal, but not Treehouse of Horror, um, where they had like three short um, three short stories instead of a big episode, and one of the one of them was just based on Game of Thrones, and I remember thinking, this isn't funny. Even yeah. even when even when the jokes are funny, they're not funny because they're sort of subbed by this sort of like rubbish premise. Yeah, and that's what The Simpsons started to do quite a lot as well. They started to rely more and more on, uh, you know, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we retold this story or that story? But with with the cast of The Simpsons, 
of the Simpsons. And you're supposed yeah. to find it funny just because, like, oh, look, it's like, you know, we're going to do Homer's Odyssey, but it's actually Homer. Like, oh, yeah. It's, and it's not that well, it can't be funny at all, but it's always just a bit crap because it's nothing like the original premise of the show that you fell in love with. Correct. Um, uh, a lower middle class family that owns a home. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it's kind of a lesson to learn there in that um, doing original stuff is extremely difficult. It's the hardest thing you can do in terms of writing. Being derivative or doing parodies and so on. I'm not saying it's it's easy. I don't want to uh, diss Weird Al Yankovic or anything. But <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll stand no Yankovic slander. I'll just put that out here now. But go on. Yeah, but it's um, it's different, isn't it? There's a certain psychological weight, quite a big psychological weight, that is lifted from you if you can just make fun of something else and just copy something else with a sort of wry wink at the audience, like, "Oh, look, it's like that thing." Ha ha yeah. ha ha. Whereas My, sincerity uh, and authenticity and, you know, doing something new, that's that's tough. <laughs> but it occurs to me, and, you know, I sort of, uh, when I did my reading for The Usual Scum a few episodes back, the episode I chose was actually the first episode that parodied something, even hmm. though it sort of uh, was incredibly loose because I only had six panels. Um, like, I, I remember thinking that was so funny at the time. And I was, as I was reading it, I was trying to think, oh, what's so funny about this? Like, the punchline is sort of notable, but, like, and it's, it's it occurred to me, just as we talked about now, it's just, I loved parodies at the time. Yeah, and sometimes you might even parody something you hadn't seen. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I hadn't seen that movie at that point. <laughs> had you not? Uh, okay. I had not. Uh, I don't think I watched that until I was, what, 17 or 18? Alien. Yeah, same. I think I watched it when I was maybe 15 or 16. <clears throat> But yeah, I got the references in your comic because I was just aware of it. And that's the kind of, that's the thing, isn't it? It's it, The whole point of the comedy then just becomes, oh, look, we all know this thing. And it's like, instead of people laughing, it's just people standing around nodding at each other and smiling like, yeah. Get it. We, we, we all get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny then that um, I've listed the episodes that I remember. <clears throat> And aside mm. from the first episode, which um, is, like I said, Max playing a prank on Floyd in the office, and then I think there which was... Which was an, an un unintentional parody. Of what? Dilbert? Well, the, the first episode of The Office. Oh, the right, The Office. Sure, yeah. Is there such a thing as an unintentional parody? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but this pretty is the only much... example, but here we are. <laughs> Pretty much all of them that I remember, really, they're either a parody or they've got some kind of reference to them, like some some kind of pop culture reference in, in them that's quite important. And um, like one of the big ones, I remember there's an episode where Max kidnaps the lead singer of Nickelback and hides him in a closet and then he like puts on a fake beard and pretends to be the, pretends to be the guy and takes over as the singer for Nickelback and I remember thinking this was hysterical and like brilliant I mean I, 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 you can hear me chuckling over here that's pretty funny in my book that I'm pretty it, sure that, that's enough for me it was probably I feel like maybe there was an episode of The Usual Scum with a similar premise, but I don't know. 
Um, I think I took a few ride jabs at uh, Jack Black back in the day, but I don't know about uh, involving a about celebrity kidnapping. I don't know. This gives you a sense of uh, where I was on the scale of um, self-awareness. I used to think that you were very cool for listening to Nickelback, and I didn't feel like I was cool <laughs> enough to listen to them. <laughs> yeah, I would. It would have been a lot more of a biting comic if he like kidnapped the guy from Nickelback. Because he hated Nickelback, but no, the joke was it's like, no, Nickelback is so cool. I'm gonna take over as the lead singer of Nickelback, and then I'll be cool. <laughs> I wonder if you, uh, I wonder if you did any clever jokes in there. Like, um, you could have, uh, you could have had Max saying to him, "Look at this photograph," and when he did, it would have been an empty picture frame, and then he would have punched him through his. Ella, that one episode of The Simpsons with uh, with Hugo. Well, that would have been another parody slash pop culture reference i know but if you layer it in it gets better it becomes like comedy lasagna also this may shock you that song hadn't come out at this time that's how old we are <laughs> yeah that the, the, that song came out about 2000 and f- yeah it came out in 2005 uh, this time they hadn't come back yet they went away for like uh Maybe like a couple of years, and I remember thinking, even at the time, you know, this this is how young I was. I remember thinking, oh, Nickelback, ah, oh, they used to be great. Ah, oh, imagine if they come back someday, and their last album had come out in like two thousand and three or two thousand and two. I thought they were like this old band that had like been and gone. Oh, I thought that. Yeah, I thought you just meant like um, the concept of waiting one year for something well, being yeah. being very difficult. Yeah, no, I just thought they'd broken up and that was it. Well, um, what I uh, what I'd like to ask you, uh, Corbin Blank Blank Wilkin, is um, you you mentioned doing this to get a get a piece of the pie, but did you ever actually show this to anyone except for myself? I showed it to a couple of our friends at school. I think I don't think I showed them every episode. But um, I remember trying to like pass it among the same circles that you were showing the usual scum to, which was basically our friend group. <laughs> um, outside of that, no, I don't think so. I remember being worried about my mum finding it under my bed. I used to like keep the keep it in a ring binder under my bed, and I was worried that like she might stick a vacuum cleaner under there one day and go, "Hang on, what's this?" and Read it. <laughs> a vacuum uh, just powerful enough to pull out a heavy ring binder. <laughs> wow, Dyson's really up to their game. We couldn't <laughs> afford a Dyson. We had a second-hand Dyson. Again, that's an indicator of you and I's respective uh, socioeconomic scale. Maybe. Um, but yeah, no, not that it would even have been that embarrassing if my mum had read it, but it was just you know when it was the sense of how can I explain this? Like she she might read through it and go, I don't understand. Like what is, is it supposed to be? Sort of funny, is it? And I'd have to be like, oh yeah, you know, ah, oh, it's just just a stupid thing. Ah, oh, Sam it's made just, me so, do it. So the concept is like, you know, you know how our offices work. And she'd be like, <laughs> and you know, no. what, and you know what, you know what, you know what rivers are. No. <laughs> well, we're lost then. This whole thing's been a sort of ruddy waste of time. But my main memory of showing it to someone other than you was that I showed it to our erstwhile pal, Robert. Who, Good old Rob. Yeah, Rob has Shad. been mentioned previously. And um, I remember him having uh, a really good reaction to it and him kind of saying, oh, well done, yeah, it's really funny, I, I, I really like it. And um, 
I, I remember having a brief conversation with him where I was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Like all the characters are, are, are rivers. And he was like, oh, <laughs> well, not all of them. Look, what about this guy pointing to Oxbow? And um, he's not a river. And I was like, yeah, well, yeah, he's he's like an ex-river. He's meant to sort of be an Oxbow Lake. Oh, okay. But, um, I mean, yeah. Was he just was he just correcting correcting your use of geographic terms? Because I remember him being a, a a geography whiz. Or was he was he did he just not recognise the Oxbow? The only one explicitly named after a water feature uh, was was not one of one of the watery gang. Honestly, Sam, I think in a much more mature way than either of us were capable of at the time. He was just sort of like, um, you know, reading it fairly quickly and then just like being really nice and making some nice comments and mm. I, don't, I don't think he really <laughs> read to that read that much into it or kind of he got probably, to know the names of the characters or anything he was more he like probably, kind of pat yeah. on the shoulder like oh well well done man that's really funny and then just immediately walked off and if you'd asked him what he'd been doing 30 seconds earlier he wouldn't be able to tell you <laughs> maybe <laughs> because it just didn't it didn't even graze the surface of his memory no, maybe, but um, no. For the most part, it was another, uh, yet another thing that I had big ambitions for. But then my own self consciousness stopped me from being able to share it with anyone, and or, or and stopped me from being able to think, oh, you know, maybe I could put it on the internet. Maybe I could try and do something with it. I don't know. At the time, it felt more like, oh, that you know, it should be printed in a newspaper or something i think i had a vague concept that maybe we could put it in a school magazine yes that was definitely a thing that i thought about with the usual scum just being yeah. like having a little little strip that could go into the school magazine then i'd, yeah. then I'd really be then i'd be really be cooking yeah and in, in the strips where you skewered teachers you know people would absolutely love those yes yeah, so that, that would probably get me in, in trouble with the faculty awesome my editor would take me aside and be like, look, don't shit where you eat, mate. <laughs> yeah, my editor probably being you. <laughs> <laughs> Just me smoking a cigar for some reason. Because do you remember there was a, in a brief period where you and I actually were involved with creating a school magazine? <laughs> I I recall. I, uh, I feel like I still have... Um, one David Hastings um, his review of the first album by Franz Ferdinand uh, memorized wrote in my head. Oh, that was that funny. I just remember reading it and being like, I can't believe that you can talk in this manner. It's very <laughs> funny. He was a witty guy. But yeah, I guess as a school magazine, it was meant to be sort of school news and so on like by the students for the students like stuff to do with the school but also we got it in the idea in our heads that it had to be filled with like uh media reviews and kind of pop culture stuff yes. for some reason even though it's like well you can go and get that anywhere like why would you put that in the school newspaper but i do remember that i wrote um a couple of video game reviews and treated them with great importance thinking that they would uh, be read by many many people <laughs> I had forgotten this period of time in my life, but yes, no, that was that was very much it. Um, I also did a caption contest, as I recall. I had this idea <laughs> that we would we would find funny photos, and then you'd put them in there, and people would have to enter their funny captions, and the funniest one would get printed the next week. 
and they'd get one of the elusive uh, five five pound book uh, vouchers from WH Smith. I doubt it. Yeah, we didn't have that kind of money. That would have blown our whole budget. But if the school magazine had actually taken off as an idea, if we'd actually gotten more than one issue out, maybe uh, this is the kind of comic strip we could have put in there. Because unlike the usual scum, I don't think it was actually dirty. I think I avoided using swear words or doing anything kind of, you know, gross. <laughs> I believe uh, I believe so. That, that, that rings a bell. It was pretty family-friendly, as I recall. Although, like I say, most of the episodes have just gone out of my mind totally. I um, Well, I, I, on that note, I was going to ask if you could give us a couple of, uh, a couple of like, episode premises. Well, I can, and I might be able to go one better. So I've already told you about uh, yeah, the first episode with the, the classic office prank. You've got the Nickelback kidnap. Mm-hmm. Then there were a lot of movie parodies, so I did a parody of Of Mice and Men, <laughs> which was basically just... <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> At least it's funny, right? That's the idea, isn't it? It's just... It's so highbrow compared to what I was doing. <laughs> just... It's like a sort of a weird Spider-Man parody with the, the sort of the, the leaders of the Second World War. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did do that. Well, I only did Of Mice and Men because I think we were studying it in English. Of course. And we watched the movie and there were some quite funny, like unintentionally funny aspects to the movie. Um, so I basically just redrew some scenes from the film, but with the characters from River Business. Uh, who played uh, Who played George, the dangerously simple-minded man? They might, you know what, I might not even have done them as the characters. It might have just been, I just just redrew scenes from the film. I've got the mice, you've got the men, bish, bash, bosh. I really don't know, I just remember doing it. And I also did a parody of The Truman Show, which was called The The True Max Show, because the main character was Max. (laughs) Clearly, yeah. No? Okay, go. There was The Prisoner of... Askaban. <laughs> okay, but here's this is now we're now we're on the same page. Again, <laughs> low brow. Yeah. yeah, and that one actually, in desperation to to add something funny to it, I I, I added um, Chilton from the Usual Scum, like in his Usual Scum design, but he was a Dementor, and that was like one of the funniest parts of the whole the entire series was putting Chilton into it. Which probably made me very painfully aware of how unfunny my own characters were. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, probably probably slapped you with a, a copyright um, a copyright strike for that immediately. Probably, yeah. And then I think it ended with some kind of joke about um, Max using the Marauders map to spy on Stacy in the shower or something. I don't know. Some kind <laughs> of nonsense. Some embarrassing oh, nonsense. Look. Look, she's she's standing in the shower right now. Cool. <laughs> That's a hot idea. Just think about <laughs> it. And uh, the other, the last parody I can remember was, uh, you know, about a boy. Yes. Okay. So this is this is the one that I I feel like I remember. But go on. Yeah, I did it. Not just a parody of about a boy called about a river, mm-hmm. but I did a two-part parody. You were really into that movie. Twelve whole panels. Oh yeah, listen, hey, we're going to be talking about about a boy in a future episode. Oh, Don't good. worry. 
we'll get to that. It's uh, quite Im- important in uh, for, for for another project entirely. Yes. And uh, yeah, then there were just lots of episodes featuring Max getting one over on Oxbow, and Oxbow just being sad and resigned about it, and that basically became <laughs> the whole dynamic. Oh, there was the episode where Oxbow's cool cousin Jack comes to town, and he looks just like Oxbow. He's an Oxbow Lake. He just looks like a bean, except cousin Jack. He's got a little goatee, mm. and I think he may have had a little beret, and he was like he had a little kind of like smarmy eyebrow. And he was he was a cool guy, and everyone else, everyone got along with Jack, and was his friend straight away to Oxbow's puzzlement. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought that was a funny idea, which you know that's actually almost kind of a story, isn't it? There's actually something in that, at least. I was going to say it's got it's got bones, it's got plot. Was it resolved, or was did the end just have uh, Oxbow being pushed into an industrial um, shredder? <laughs> Probably something like that. Can you imagine putting water into a shredder? What would that do to the mechanism? It would make um make it wet. I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> Checks out. But then there's my favorite episode, and I've taken the liberty of recreating it, and I'm going to send it to you now and do a oh, dramatic good. reading. Goodness me, you're well ahead of the game. This was one that I remember very clearly, and. Uh, I really, I thought, it, I thought it was really funny. Like, I remember like pushing this one. Like when I did show people, this was the first one, and I'd be like, you know, they're gonna get a laugh out of this because this is so funny. <laughs> have you, have you got it? Uh, I have received it. Please, uh, please go right ahead. Right, I'm gonna do a dramatic reading. So we open at night outside uh, Oxbow's, the the building where Oxbow lives, and it says Oxbow's house, even though it's probably a flat. Yeah. And he opens the door to Max, Floyd, and Fat Ass. Uh. <laughs> and he's looking sad as usual. And he's not holding his broom because he's at home. And Oxbow says, Come on in, guys. I'll go get you some drinks. Sigh. And then he goes <laughs> off, and Max puts his hand to his mouth and he leans back to the others and he says, Let's not stay very long. <laughs> Oxbow comes back and he says pina colada for Floyd, a Bailey's for Max handing them their drinks and then he goes over to his stereo system and presses a button and he says now let's get this party started, still looking sad <laughs> and he it looks so sad cuts to outside again and, and um, Wannabe by Spice Girls is playing loudly from the building, if you want to be my lover you gotta get with my friends with musical notes and that's the end of the comic and I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> it is funny. It's very funny. <laughs> it was the line, let's not stay very long, that for some reason <laughs> cracked me up. Just the idea that you come to this lame party, and as soon as you get there, just be like, let's just let's, let's not stay very long. <laughs> I don't know. I like, I, reading it, it made me laugh a lot. Um, also, un- unintentionally funny. It, it looks as if Oxbow may live in the same apartment building as... Uh, this <laughs> guy's Kissy from the Story Bar. Yeah, it's Kitten. Kitten from uh, I know. From the Story Bar. <laughs> That's my standard way of drawing an apartment building. <laughs> <laughs> In like five seconds, if you want to draw something that looks vaguely acceptable as an apartment building. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, it's a nice it's a nice thought that maybe River Business and the Story Buy take place in the same universe. Shared universe, the Wilkinverse. The rivers actually live alongside the human beings. 
they've we'll put aside their us. they've put aside their differences and they've uh, they've learned to cohabitate. Yeah. So yeah, moments like that I did enjoy thoroughly, like feeling as though I'd actually <laughs> done something funny. It it was a great feeling, but for the most part, I did kind of. I, I didn't enjoy it that much because I never felt like it was as funny as it should be. Like I never felt it was as funny as the stuff you were doing, and ultimately, I just felt quite disappointed. Do you think that that was just the the effect of having gone second, though? Because like I remember thinking that it was much funnier than what I was doing, and I think that probably what both of we were, both both of us were suffering from was just you know the stuff that you made is never going to make you laugh as much as it makes other people laugh, generally speaking. Because well, you you know maybe. what's you know what's coming. I mean, I say that as if every time that I make a comic these days, I'm not just sort of chuckling myself under the table. Yeah, well, I I like to think that it's a good sign that something is funny if you're if you're laughing while creating it. Yeah. If you're just creating it and just not getting a reaction from yourself, then why will the readers react to it? And it's the same with any kind of art. If you want to create something inspiring or something that gets you fired up. Surely the same thing. If you feel nothing while making it, then people are going to feel nothing while reading it. Why should they? <laughs> and that's the problem with the Beano. True. Did anyone it find is... that stuff funny when they were writing it? I don't know. I can't imagine that they did. I imagine that they they had dreams of being artists, and they, that was all they could manage. And then they got themselves a job and thought, well, this until I die. Yeah. Was Dennis the Menace ever funny? That could be the topic of a future episode. No, I mean, that's how I feel about most uh, sort of boomer comics that you see, where they, they're right. trying to make one point, and they know it's not very funny, so maybe they're like adding a lot of like supplementary details or labels or things to make sure that you get get it and get like plenty of chuckles, but it just becomes funnier and funnier the worse it seems to be. Yeah, it sort of becomes... Uh... It becomes accidentally funny. It's trying to be funny on purpose, but then it's accidentally funny for uh, a whole different reason. But I think this is the only time, now that I think about it, that I've actually created a sort of ongoing comic strip as an attempt at doing something funny. I don't think I ever attempted it since. I mean, with the exception of, you know, things that you've sent to me just as, like, sort of personal, like, friend mail, I guess you'd call it. Oh yeah, I guess there's a like few of those. You've you've done some of those in the preceding years. Well, yeah, I think the experience kind of soured me because I got to um I got to a certain point with it, like I say, like early in the um the third series. So about about fifty episodes in, hmm. and I just thought, ah, oh, you know, I just don't want to do this anymore. Like I really did, kind of actively just say the hell with this. I I, I don't want to make any more of these. It's becoming a drag. Whereas you managed to kind of finish The Usual Scum and then start another comic strip and you kind of kept doing it. So I gather you must have found a way to enjoy it a bit more than I did. And I don't know if that's down to the fact that you were using characters based on real people or whether you just had a bit more of an aptitude for it or you were just a bit more easygoing about it or whatever. I think that um, for me, it was very much just a case of like getting other people to laugh was enough to take away from it. Um, I didn't like. I didn't get caught up on thinking that. Oh, this isn't funny enough. It was always just like, okay, we'll keep keep working until you make them laugh. 
Whereas I feel like maybe from what you're saying, it sounds as if you got caught up on like, oh, this is this isn't funny enough, so I'll stop. Yeah, that's always been my problem there. Really, it's not good enough. Quit. <laughs> Which is funny because you're one of the the people that I consider to be like the least quitting when it comes to creative projects. So it's interesting that um, it's interesting that that was sort of an early experience of that with you that went in that in that way. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, there there are some things where maybe I should quit more often, but I don't know. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the experience of of quitting it feels so sour that in the future you you don't want to quit something, so you carry yeah. on even if maybe you shouldn't. And um, uh, yeah, you know, it it gives you a certain um, fear of starting a new project because if you've once had the experience of feeling as though you haven't quite gotten something to the place where it could be and you haven't quite done what you set out to do and then you quit in the future you're you're scared to start anything because you don't want to have that experience again so you become more and more averse to like giving something a go because you start to have this attitude of oh well what's the point i'll only get hurt again i'll only get my heart broken once more sort of creative nihilism (laughs) yeah i suppose so i don't know why i have so much negativity towards this comic because uh, in the last episode, when we spoke about Story By, I, I emphasized how much I kind of loved that, and I, I don't remember ever feeling it was a chore. It, it's mostly just regret that we stopped so soon. Yeah. But maybe no, if we carried on for a bit, I would have started to hate that too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, but uh, I would uh, I would hope not. Um, I, I don't know. Do you think that... Do you think that doing like do you think any of your feelings towards it uh, stem from a feeling? And I, I this this sounds self-aggrandizing or like I'm trying to put you down. I promise it's not coming from that angle. But um, like, do you feel like starting off doing something that was clearly like meant to be like oh, like Sam's doing that, I'm gonna do that too. Do you think that maybe sort of kneecapped you a little bit because there was probably always a feeling of like how do I you know how do I make this as good as if not better than like the original. As opposed to like starting your own like your own thing that was like totally different thing, yeah, yeah. Well, kind of, yeah, but it it also helps a lot to have a roadmap where I could just sort of follow what you were doing and use the same kind of format, but sort of do my own thing with it. But um, yeah, I was always comparing myself to how funny I thought you were, like not just in the usual scum, but also in like some of the animations that you were doing at the time and just it you know just anything you were doing sometimes you know i'd be like literally kind of holding my stomach with laughter like <laughs> rolling around like tears in my eyes and it's like i was recognizing even then that i wasn't achieving that kind of funny with river business and it just it started to just get me down and make me think well if it's not really funny then what's the point I think I should probably also address um, something. This is something that comes up a lot in my uh, my interpersonal relationships. I'm not very good at expressing when I find things funny. Um, I, I've always had a, a real difficulty around um, laughing in a big way, like in front of people. Like it's uh, laughing always feels like something that I need to perform. Like sometimes I can find stuff very very funny. And on the surface, I'll just be, you know, maybe I'll smile or like I'll, you know, chuckle or even sometimes I'll, I'll produce a chuckle because I know I find something funny and I'm not making any noise sort of indicated. Like I, I, it takes me a long time to get to a place with uh, people where I feel like 
I can really, you know, laugh in that way. Like, uh, you and I have definitely gotten to that place, like, over time. But I would say that in, in as early as, like, 2004, I probably didn't feel that comfortable um, really sort of gut laughing, um, like, uh, in in front of you. Yeah, that's really interesting because I've literally never noticed that. But now that you say it, that's very true. You don't. <laughs> like, when I think about all the times that we've been in hysterics, you always do seem to be kind of like trying to hold back for some reason. Yeah. Whereas What's I that will about, just eh? throw back my head and <laughs> laugh like an idiot. What's that about? I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you oh, were chastised uh... for laughing once when you were a child. No, I'm pretty certain it's um I'm pretty certain that it comes from a need for control of my own uh over my own emotions and my own uh, expressions of feelings, which Oh, okay. You know, that's something I've I've talked about with uh, a number of therapists. So Oh really? Yeah. No, that's, that's interesting. It's a, a big part of it, uh, for old uh, old Sammy B. That's very interesting. I mean obviously a lot of people, especially men, have that with crying. You know, mm. this this feeling like you can't cry you've got to control this but um it's interesting that you might have that with laughter because i always i always do feel as though quite fortunately now it seems i've been totally free with laughter always like <laughs> unless i'm in a, a situation like you know when you start trying you start wanting to laugh at a funeral you know that yeah. kind of situation yeah <laughs> actually i've never had that at a funeral but um it was at my old job when i finally did get a job in an office when i was like 23 and um, i was really bad at it and i didn't last very long there but there was um when i got to the point where i was sort of just i'd almost given up on the job and i was like this is not going to work out it was right around the time that twitch plays pokemon happened if you remember that <laughs> i do I do. I I remember. Um, I remember not really understanding what Twitch was, and I remember thinking that there that there always had to be a fish component because I believe that there was a fish component in one of the videos that you were watching. Um, yeah, that was uh, Fish Plays Pokemon, which was a parody of Twitch Plays Pokemon. Gotcha. But in Twitch Plays Pokemon, it was basically just yeah, everyone who was in the chat for the live feed of Pokemon Red could input commands, and the player character would just follow the commands that people put in. So everyone yeah. had to kind of collaborate to try and get through the game. But I remember like, at work, I would just sort of casually browse the memes coming out of it in the corner <laughs> of my screen when I was supposed to be working. And some of them were so funny that I would sit there like literally kind of like having to like force my lips together not to <laughs> laugh because my boss was just sitting right next to me. <laughs> With a clear view of your screen. <laughs> Well, no, it was angled away, but yeah, it was be like sometimes I would literally be sitting there, like shaking in my seat, just hoping that she wouldn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> I I had a similar experience. Um, someone sent me some very good, uh, some very good, very pathetic memes once when I was having a bit of a low sleep day um, whilst I was working at Starbucks a few years back, and um, I remember just. Uh, trying to serve customers and just uh, literally having to step away so I could just like burst out laughing because <laughs> they sort of tickled me so and I'd not sort of let it out in the moment I saw it. It's just a rare, rare experience for me, but uh, that's that sort of reminded me of that. Well, that's as everyone knows, it's uh, it makes you laugh more 
if you're not allowed to laugh, like the, the classic funeral situation. If you get the idea in your head at a funeral that you might laugh, mm. that's you're kind of screwed because then it's a snowball effect because it's so inappropriate that um, it yeah. just makes it funnier and funnier. It really does. I'm glad that hasn't happened to me, but it easily could because I'm that type of I have that type of humor, that type of sense of humor, you know. You've been to many many funerals, Wilkin? Let's see. I have been to four funerals. Molly, Molly. Yeah. So not recently though, but um, yeah, I might have more of a sick sense of humor now than I did the last time I went to a funeral. I'm not sure. <laughs> but it raises the whole issue of context for comedy because um. I do tend to think it's actually quite hard to be funny in a comic strip. And the fact that you have managed to be very funny in comic strips more recently is kind of a testament to, to, to something, like some kind of skill you've got. Because, I mean, most comedy comes from sort of situations in real life, doesn't it? Yeah. And I often think like being a stand-up is actually very difficult because if you're a stand-up comedian, you have to stand in front of strangers and just sort of talk at them. You don't have time to really build up rapport with them like casually no. and sort of get into a mood <clears throat> you just have to actually you just have to talk at them and try and say funny stuff and how do you do that it's the same with a comic strip like you gotta what you gotta write down things and draw pictures to make people laugh like actually laugh like come on yeah it's pretty silly well you'd be lucky if people come away from reading it and go that was really funny actually getting a laugh is like miraculous <laughs> yeah from something you put on a piece of paper. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't a particularly funny kid, to be honest. I didn't. So I was probably uh, fighting an uphill battle. I think I was always more... I always had more of a natural propensity for kind of drama, pretentious drama <laughs> type stuff. I don't think I don't think your drama's pretentious. I yeah, but that, you know uh... what I mean. Arty-farty stuff was more my kind of scene <laughs> well i yeah i i i think i've always been able to make people um always been able to make people laugh to a fair degree like um obviously more some people more than others that's a damn sure i know some people find me incredibly irritating but um <laughs> um but yeah no i um uh, thank, thank you. That's a that's a kind of thing you just say on this episode about the thing that you made. <laughs> well, it's just I can't help but compare it to the run of comics that you did before and after. I tried to do the same thing. Well, I, I apologize for lampshading it in that fashion. I was uh, just trying to get a cheap uh, a cheap giggle going, but I I don't mean to be be rude about it. Like I do think that it's funny in its own right, and like to my mind, the only thing it really takes from the usual scum is that. You know, it's a six-panel comic. Otherwise, I think it's entirely yours. Yeah, well, the one thing I was always kind of proud of was that it didn't feature any uh, real people. Well, it yeah. did, though, yeah, because of, like, the reference. Like I said, I put Chilton in one episode, and, you know... Well, Chil was... Chilton's not really a real person, <laughs> but go on. And there was the end the episode the Nickelback episode where I kidnapped Ch Chad Kroger from Nickelback. It's like okay, that's funny because it's a real person. But what I was kind of proud of and why I kind of struggled was because it was just fictional characters. So coming up with a whole personality is a thing that it took me uh, many more decades to actually be able to do. So uh, I, I mean, I, I applaud I applaud you for that. 
I also applaud you for just for knowing that his name was Chad Kroger because I, if I'd done that same thing in the, in the usual scum, I just would have referred to him as the guy from Nickelback because I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even thought to look his name up. If it wasn't readily available in my head, I, w- I wouldn't have done some research. Well, I knew his name because I was a huge fan of Nickelback. That's true. That's true. We did touch on that already. And um, but yeah, you did. There was that one episode you did of the Usual Scum where you shoot Kurt Cobain. But you, <laughs> in the comic, you're just like, "Hey, it's that guy from Nickelback," and I'm pretty sure you never actually. Oh, sorry that that guy from Nirvana. <laughs> that would have been funnier. <laughs> and you never actually say his name. I'm pretty sure you also give him curly hair, which is like. <laughs> Doesn't look anything like uh, Cobain, but that just makes it funnier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm, so... I'm a good artist. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Uh, he mm-hmm. said so, in a, in a so that indicates you're uh, you're either about to say something or bring this to a close. But uh, let's wrap this up. It. Goodbye. No, I'm going <laughs> to give you some quiz questions. Thank God. I was worried we weren't going to have that. Tam, we're going to have a quiz every time whether or not you like it or I can come up with any decent questions. Oh, thank God. I need to keep quizzing you to keep your brain box nice and sharp. It turns out that's what this whole podcast is about. The, uh, the... <laughs> Sam's dementia. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeping me keeping me in the loop from my early onset. Giving you that brain training. <laughs> okay, question one. Which series of The Usual Scum featured a crossover with River Business? Season 3? Hey, how did you know that? Uh, Well, because I was thinking about it earlier. I remember titling it uh, River Business 45 um, because... I like in, in my head you'd done forty four episodes and that was what I was going to I was going to be like ah oh, and here's the here's the lost episode or you know whatever. Um, well, in my big book of scum, it's titled the lost episode. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's just called River Business: The Lost Episode. Usual well, that, scum episode eighty two. Episode eighty two. Well, there we go. There we go. It's um big book of scum. <laughs> Goodness, uh, we'll get onto that in a different time. But uh, okay, so and um, yeah, uh, eighty-two. That's fine. I uh, I think in my head I had it in the in the uh, early sixties, but eighty-two makes sense because I would have been getting towards the end of the season, probably scratching around a bit for ideas and thought, hey, hang on, I can take a swing at this. Something <laughs> I would end up doing with a lot of your work, and I can only really apologize for. Yeah, there was one occasion in particular that kind of stung, but we'll get to that much much later. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, it's it's funny that you went from doing parodies to doing parodies of things that no one else could possibly have known about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, getting off track, here's the second question. You're going to like this one. What is the mm. only other heavenly body where an oxbow lake has been discovered? <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> Mars? Nope, it's actually Titan, the largest moon of Saturn. Uh, I, I'm I'm well out of the loop with this. Have they even found evidence of water formerly on Mars? Yeah, they have, haven't they? Like, there's, yeah, well, there's, there's definitely river, there's rivers and business. Yeah, <laughs> on... obviously dry riverbeds, but yeah, yeah. there's whole, there's networks of rivers, and there are also on Titan, and they've discovered what appears to be an oxbow lake on Titan. Well, that's lovely. Yeah, I know it doesn't have anything to do with the comic, does it? <laughs> it's business, like, it's rivers Why is he asking me this? Well, 
I appreciate you doing the research. All right, well, you got one out of two so far. Final... Hell yeah, passing grade. That's pretty good. That's an A in GCSE maths. That's true. <laughs> Gotta show you working, though. Third question. In the much later one-off River Business special that I made as a finale, what are the concluding words of the comic? Um... <laughs> Well, guess it's liquidation for us. Oh my god, that would have been so much better. <laughs> god damn it, you see, this is why I quit. This is why I quit making the comic. I couldn't I couldn't compete with you, you little so and so. No, it was Max is narrating the final scene and he says, I guess at the end of the day. It's all just river business. Well, there we go. That's. I, I assumed it would be something along those kind of lines, but yeah. So uh, yeah, obviously, you know, I I made a, a one-page finale several years later as a joke. Yeah. To kind of finish the whole series, and they end up on a desert island and just living there <laughs> or something. Doesn't matter. That's the end of the quiz. You got one out of three, but. I'm going to give you 100 more points for effort. Nice. So you got 101 points out of three. Well done. That's very good. That's, I'm, I've, uh, I've, I've wrecked the bell curve, but I'm very happy about it. I hate the bell curve. I'm glad you wrecked it. My favorite silver, Sylvia Plath novel. Oh. I <laughs> so uh, I guess that's... Uh, what are we going to do now? The cringe league table? or? Uh, I am going to ask you... How you would do it differently. If you go oh, back, yeah. do it all over, what would you do? If I could do it all over again. If you could turn back time. Back would you would you stay back time. Would you uh would you stay for the night? If I was gonna do it exam, this is a tough one because I mean I don't know if I would do it again. I'm just not funny. Oh there we go. That's uh that's been river business. <laughs> The, um, no, well, it's funny because a minute ago when I, when I said, oh, this was the only time I've done a kind of serialized little comic, I immediately remembered that last year I did attempt to do um, a little serialized comic online called um, Faith in Strangers, not not a comedy. I was going to say, you've definitely done serialized comics again, but you've... Yeah, yeah. that was just a little daily strip. But it, yeah, not funny and... Um, it's like, there's no way I could go back and do river business in a way that wasn't meant to be comedy. That's just stupid. Like, yeah. <laughs> unless I turned it into some kind of um, Cronenberg-esque examination of the, the the human... I don't know, like... like the human? The, of the river condition? Yeah, what if humans were made of liquid and... Well, just perhaps you could make it into place a... To place. Yeah, perhaps you could make it into a um, a damning condemnation of uh, a damning condemnation even of uh, the current um, current administration's um, river dumping, which is such a big issue at the moment. Well, exactly. I mean, you jest, but that's the kind of thing I'd probably end up doing <laughs> if so, if you pointed a gun to my head and said, "Make more river business, do it." You could, uh, you could, you could have a character called Splishy Runak. <laughs> <gasps> That's too good. All right, I think this thing's got legs. <laughs> <laughs> <Splishy>. <laughs> well, he could just be fishy, Runak. 
Fish. <laughs> you could just be fishing soon. I can just live in one of the rivers. Nah, sorry, that's not as funny. This is why I quit. God damn it. Fishy <laughs> <Bushy> Runak. <laughs> why do I keep calling him Runak? <laughs> Because oh. I, I, I swapped the S and the R, but then yes, I added a P. <laughs> but it only works in that one instance. His last name is not Runak. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Those listening in the future, Richie Sunak is the current Prime Minister. Of, of, of the, the UK United and Kingdom. Northern Ireland. And it's Enverons. Yes. Like the Isle of Man. Um, so yeah, I don't think I could. I don't. I don't think I could do it if I was going to do it now. This is the first one where I'm just going to say, you know, it was a bit of a laugh while I did it, but there's no way I could actually come back to river business in any kind of non-parodic way. It's a lightning in a bottle. <laughs> You're always putting a positive spin on things. Yeah, I yeah, suppose you could job. call it that. It was yeah, like lightning in a bottle. Yeah, storm in a teacup. Um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get that, get those scores on the doors. Um, nostalgia. What are you going to give this bad boy? What nostalgia score did I give to a story by? Uh, 77. Okay. This gets 41. Good Lord. (laughs) What? Is that bad? No, it's fine. I understand. I mean, I'm a little nostalgic for it, but. You know, it just, yeah, it felt like just a second fiddle to your comics, so. Mm. Oh, fair enough. Um, and then uh, give me that give me that cringe, baby. The cringe, I mean, it's not that high. There's not that, mu- that much to be embarrassed about. Um, there's a few, a few, um, there were a few troubling aspects to it in terms of just. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know what I mean. I just, episode episode I, thirty-two. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I just don't like that I called a character fat ass. I just, <laughs> it's, just, it's just so stupid. It reminds me of like the, the uh, in Friends, like when Monica was younger and she she was overweight <laughs> or yeah. whatever, and it's like, oh yeah, hilarious. <laughs> like that's the joke. Yeah, but I, I was fourteen. Uh, Cut me some slack. I was desperate to be funny. <laughs> desperate. Surprised you never had uh, Fat Ass do uh, an embarrassing dance, a la Monica or Fat Monica. Sam, you know, if I'd been a little bit funnier, that's what I would have done, and then maybe they would have hired me to write for Friends. I was going to say you were you were within a um oh oh what am I trying to say a hair's width a whiskers width of writing for Friends. Ruin the joke by not being able to say words, but that's okay. We we move on. Well, I Grinch might have just court, been please. able to get in there because it was like two thousand and four. I could have gotten in there on the last series and saved it. Oh, maybe. Seemed like they were pretty uh, pretty dead set on uh, ending it. I could have written for Joey. <laughs> I mean, it would have been good if someone had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wasn't that affected by the writers' strike at the time? <laughs> that's what, yeah. I think they may have. Um, I think they may have said that. I think the script oh, may have been written. Yeah, I think the script may have been written before the writer's strike. Right. Okay. But yes, uh, Corbin Blank Blank Wilkin, give me that cringe score. So oh, can... did I not give you a score yet? <laughs> no, you just you just said oh, not that cringe. I've just been talking rubbish. Um, well, 
it's just not that cringe, like maybe 14. That gives it a score of 27. That sounds pretty damn low. It's uh, penultimate low. Still still topped out, or bottomed out, perhaps I should say, by uh, the Lith siblings. Ah, oh, I feel sorry for the Lith siblings. You know, I do have some affection for that still. Yeah, I understand. There's uh, there's more to come, don't worry. There's, the siblings will not end up at the bottom of this chart, I can promise you that. No, that's probably right. Although, I mean, the thing is, I think my way of giving a numerical score to something is basically just based on such a whim that there's not going to be any kind of consistency to how I award points. It's basically just how I feel each week. Well, it's a good thing that this uh, doesn't matter in any real sense, because uh, otherwise, you know, that would be a damn shame. Phew, I almost forgot. But fortunately, we're just doing this for our own enjoyment, and uh, though I will be holding these scores accountable for certain future decisions, um, it uh, it it doesn't do to worry about it too much well that sounds ominous what are we going to be discussing next time sam it's got to be something by you oh goodness god (sighs) gotta be by me you say Mm. old bony boy that's what they called you much my chagrin pick anything you like don't worry about chronology just go with your heart (laughs) i'm serious Next time, I want to talk about facial hair. Cool. Um, that's that's where I'm going next. And honestly, we may even stumble into some other things whilst we work on it, but we will see how that goes. Interesting. Uh, yeah. But uh, facial hair—that's that's my next uh, topic, and that is that is a comic. I'll just drop that right at the top. Awesome. Well, that's about it then. Juveniliapodcast at gmail dot com. You know, you you know it makes sense, Sam. It's been real. It's been real, real funny. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying right. not to laugh because you didn't deserve a laugh. That's what, that's what made it so funny. But yeah, you. Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you for joining me on on my podcast. Thanks, Sam. See you later. See you later. So here it is, Juvenilia. Nobody's having fun. Look <laughs> to the past now. It's all over. <laughs> it never even began. <laughs> we never got anything done. <laughs>